Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. Summer is here. Pack your bag with sunscreen, your emotional sport water bottle, and that steamy bee treat. But wait, don't stop there. This year, there's a new kind of essential that's right at your fingertips. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods, goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut. To explore the bounds of your pleasure, new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash pantsuit. dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. The FBI announced today that it hasn't changed its opinion on Hillary Clinton since July. Today we talk about Americans' opinions on the election, women, and our ability to move forward from here. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsu Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Thanks to everyone who has given us such an incredibly awesome birthday week. We have been loving all the new iTunes reviews. We appreciate everyone who has taken the time out um, to give us a shout out. We have, uh, I think, four new amazing subscribers. So thank you to everybody. It's been really awesome. So Sarah, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. Um, Nationally, I just, like, I'm not even... Again, not worried. You, I've I have absorbed your confidence thanks to early voting statistics. Um, so I'm feeling good at that. We'll be practicing saying "Madam President" this time next week, 
and just ready to get it over with. My race, I'm feeling good about. I, st- I had a good today. I had a good day where like people were so kind and really nice about like you've done. You've worked so hard. This guy was like, I think it's really courageous what you're doing, putting yourself out there. He was like so, about having me crying. I did have one people, one person who was like, um, we've already decided who we're voting for, and I was like, well then I'll forget you. I also had another, ugh, par- the partisanship of the race seems to be intensifying our local race, even though it is <laughs> a nonpartisan race. I had a lady send me a message that was like, well, you're voting for Trump. You're voting for Clinton. So I can't vote for you. Even, even though I love your, I think you have a beautiful family and I like your goals and what you have to say, but no, I think that's just really too bad. I, yeah, I, I don't understand it. And I think it's too bad. And I think though that your hard work is going to carry you through here. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm sort of kind of growing. I have a growing sort of, I don't know, confidence is the right word. But I think it's likely that we might have two new people and not just the empty seat. I think there's I think there's a chance we might have more than one new person on city commission. So we shall see. But overall, my mood is optimistic. I'm, I'm passing rapidly into insanely anxious. Like, I'm just so ready to find out. I'm sure I'll be a hot mess by Tuesday, but overall positive. I hope that Paducah counts faster than in the primary because I was refreshing for like hours watching the Paducah primary for your race and thinking, (laughs) get it together, Paducah. So I'm hoping we'll move a little more quickly this time. Well, and I think that, you know, they sent us, they were sending us sort of updates as the time went on. And I think the absentee ballots were like sort of, pretty close to the final shakeout. So if like, and they, we got those really early. I think I had like the first count of those at like lunch. So if I'm at the bottom in the absentee ballots, like I should probably start being really concerned, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. So the FBI had another thing to say today. Uh, James Comey sent, I believe uh, what they had to say was that they don't have anything to say. Right. They sent uh James Comey sent a letter to uh, chairs of congressional committees saying, hey, we managed to get through all of those emails that we told you about a couple of days ago, and we have not changed our conclusions since July. And so I think it's really, really good that that is just behind us and we can move on. I know there are questions out there about how they could have gotten through all of the material so quickly. I think this is a moment when we need to recognize that Law firms, at least, deal with this kind of volume of email all the time, and you can electronically figure out what you already have, right? Mm-hmm. The sort of deduping process of going through and saying, what have we already seen? So there's a lot of technology that makes that highly possible. Honestly, when we were being told nine days ago that there's no way they could have any more information prior to the election, I was really scratching my head about that because I thought if this came to the law firm where I work, we would we would find a way to have more information before the election. So I'm glad that they got their work done and got this out to Congress and we can all kind of move on from this topic. I think it is adorably optimistic that you think people are going to move on from this topic. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to practice this manifesting thing in a lot. I of think you're realms. doing really good. So I don't think I think that. Well, I think there's two things. I think there will be a population who will not move on. Uh, my father posted, "Well, Comey did it to us again." And then one of my relatives implied that like Hillary Clinton had, was using death threats against James Comey, and that's why he made this decision. Sigh. But so I think that narrative will persist. I do not think that history will. Uh, 
look kindly on this entire scandal. I think 20, 40 years. I mean, do you remember about Travelgate was about? Because I don't. So I think it's going to be like that. Like people will be like, oh, that's one of those things that everybody sort of made up. Like it's not going to smile. It's not, it's not going to be treated kindly, I don't think. Here are some things that I think we should try to learn from this. One, I think it might be a good moment to step back and ask what the FBI's role is in modern America. Because, you know, the FBI has become a really different thing, even over the last 10 years, in terms of its role combating terrorism. You know, the FBI was about, like, unsolved murders. and I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really changed its focus from purely about domestic crime. Now it has a very meaningful role to play in thwarting terrorism. And because of things that have happened over the last couple of years, it's had a really prominent role in sort of governmental ethics and oversight. And I think that is not the FBI's skill set or maybe where Mm -hmm. we want that accountability to lie or even that investigative investigative authority. So it seems to me that all of the craziness surrounding this issue should hopefully prompt a review of what the FBI is there to do and what other governmental agencies are there to do and where should that sort of um, not not even really ethics, but this sense of how are our administrative agencies running and are people doing what they're supposed to do within those agencies? Like, where should that authority be vested at the investigative level? level? So I don't know. I guess I just am going to continue to be optimistic and hope that we can learn something from this and have it not have been just a national nightmare. So I think that your emphasis on staying positive as we as we we move into the reconciliation pos, par, portion of the program, I think is really great. And we had a lot of listeners sort of um, contact us over the last few days about, you know, the, what happens next. And it's been interesting to see that there there are lots of layers to that hurt that people are feeling. And, you know, we heard from our our listener, Carrie, who said that she's just sad that whoever wins, the other side will feel the country is lost. And she noted Mm -hmm. it's not that there's an equivalency about that, but it's still sad. Yeah. Um, We received, uh, I wish that we could read every word of it, but I feel like it might be too personal to do that. But we received a wonderful message uh, that said, I can't tell you how viscerally angry I am to receive a barrage of Facebook posts and tweets from my well-meaning white progressive friends about the lower black voter turnout with the implication that I need to wrangle up black early voter turnout at the next black people meeting to get it to the level that is of their approval. Mm. And this listener went on to talk about how the black vote has been taken for granted. The way that the black vote is discussed on television is just very hurtful. And yeah. It was- I, I directed her towards a dying ream show, a dying ream episode recently that I was literally yelling at the radio. There was a New York times reporter who was like, it was, I was like embarrassed for the New York times. I expect way more of them. She was like, well, literally, she was like, well, these rappers I was talking to in Baltimore just aren't going to vote because they don't feel enthusiastic about. And I was like, what are it was so anecdotal, so ridiculous. And um, a reporter friend who I sort of know through an acquaintance, Perry Bacon, was doing like a truly admirable job of being like, listen, that's not true. The data does not suggest that of all the sort of groups that 
you know, black people are the most enthusiastic. And I just don't, I don't really understand the sort of nerve to, as a white person to like speak of what I think black voters should do and what I, man, during the primary, I remember hearing this woman, white woman tell a black man in our public library about how I don't see how a black person could vote for Hillary Clinton, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, not your place. Like, mm, stop talking. Like, I don't get that at all. I don't, I don't have that. Mm, makes me really uncomfortable. I understand that statistically black Americans tend to vote more as a block than other groups. It still bothers me the way that it's discussed. I always find myself listening to this discussion of, of black voters thinking that can't feel good to listen mm-hmm. to. And Dante responded to this message and pointed out that Cuban Americans in Florida particularly are taken for granted as a Republican leaning group. And the discussion is similarly kind of superficial about the concerns of those groups. And I think I I sometimes react on a much different level to just hearing about suburban white college educated women, you know, as though we're this homogenous group of people. And I I think we've got to really examine sort of the language that we use about different demographics and stop trying to tie every decision people make to their to their demographics. I don't know. It's this is definitely one of those issues. It takes me back to what you said the other day. And, you know, all the days have blurred together because we've been talking (laughs) so much lately. But what you said the other day about how really there is a lot under the surface here that has nothing to do with politics and politics is being used as a foil for it. And Mm -hmm. and that is what I was reminded of reading some of these messages. Absolutely. I totally, totally think that there's all this other, it's like, I also shared this story. I was, I, when I worked at Hillary, there was a guy who was like totally sexually harassment, like just was being rude and stereotypical and talking about the way anchors looked on the TV and all this stuff. And he, I mean, his defense was basically like, well, I can't be sexist. I work at Hillary Clinton. Um, no, like being a liberal or working at Hillary Clinton doesn't give you a pass on all the complicated pieces of identity and prejudice and subconscious bias that make us all up. Like the second you like register as a Democrat, just not all go poof, it's gone. Like it doesn't work like that. Come on, y'all. Summer is here. Pack your bag with sunscreen, your emotional support water bottle and that steamy beet treat. But wait, don't stop there. This year, there's a new kind of essential that's right at your fingertips. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods, goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut. To explore the bounds of your pleasure, new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is going by so quickly, and I had a little bit of a moment of panic about it this week. I thought to myself, I'm losing track of time. It's going so fast. It's going to be December before I know it. 
my kids are growing up and I just kind of was spinning out. And I stopped and I closed my eyes and I pictured my last therapist who I haven't seen since the end of 2020. But I remember the way he talked me through these issues and I sort of channeled his energy and put my feet on the ground and thought, this is just how time feels now. And there's nothing wrong with that or right about it. It just is. But those skills that I learned in therapy are so important to helping me take a second to celebrate what's going right and decide what I want to adjust for the rest of the year. If you're thinking of starting therapy, which I cannot recommend enough, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pantsuit. The second most stressful thing after planning a trip is packing for it. This is true. This is a true story. I have just told you the clothes I have don't fit. They don't go together the way I want them to or I'm missing some essential piece. And then I discovered Quince. It's my go-to for high-quality vacation essentials. Like this premium European linen dress that's going to get us all through the heat wherever we're traveling. Blouses and shorts from $30. Washable silk tops, premium luggage options, and so much more. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than their similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I got big plans for my Quince chiffon pleated skirt in Japan. They like a loose, flowy look over there to battle the heat. I will be adopting that strategy with that skirt. Pack your bags with high quality essentials from Quince. Go to quince.com slash pantsuit for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pantsuit to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pantsuit. We also got a message from Emily that said, in the age of our constant media, social and otherwise, where anyone can push any opinion they want to, and the respectable news sources are no more credible than Joe Schmo's blog, is it even possible to move forward and get anything done? This is an odd example, but it's all I've got. I feel like most people know how to read and process tabloids slash celebrity news. If it's a National Enquirer, it's at best 50-50 true, but highly entertaining. If it's in Us Weekly, it's probably likely but not confirmed, and they could have over-dramatized the story. But once it gets to people, it's confirmed and a reasonable take on the story. You guys are like the People magazine of politics for me. But I don't see other people seeking out People magazines. They seem to be seeking out only those stories and perspectives that agree with them. Reconciliation seems daunting. Mm. First of all, I like being compared to People Magazine. Thank you, Emily. Listen, I got to come to National Enquirer's defense, though. Remember when they got all that John um, Edwards stuff? They had that story first, man. They did. Well, if you don't worry about confirmation, you can be ahead of the curve. True. I think that... Oh, and they were in the news. Did you hear they were in the news recently? Sorry, I'm getting off topic. I'm really National tired. National Enquirer, or are they the Edwards? National Enquirer. They've been sitting on a story of Trump cheating on melania with a national with a playboy bunny they like bought the story and then sat on it i did see that it was in the wall street journal that national Enquirer yeah. bought the story and then didn't run it but i totally understand have i made my walter cronkite story yet on the block podcast or have i just told everybody else but not y'all yet i honestly don't know i don't either it's all running together i hope i haven't so i have this theory that this is a generational thing and that 
older generations, <clears throat> baby boomers, uh, they like want they want the Walter Cronkite back. Whereas our generation is like much more comfortable just taking in a lot of sources. Like if I'm totally fascinated with the celebrity story, like I am with Kim Kardashian, because I keep bringing that up. I'm reading everything. I like. I'll see what the. I'll see what TMZ has to say about it. I'll see what Just Jared has to say about it. I'll see what People Us Weekly like. I'm gonna look at them all and then sort of decide what I think the overall arc or narrative is, and then decide what I think about that. Whereas like the baby boomers, man, they want one story. And I literally, Beth can confirm this. I texted Beth and Dante like I had this aha moment where I was like, oh my god, they still want Walter Cronkite. Then I'm sitting, I'm arguing with my stepdad about. Trump and go into his hotel in the middle of presidential race, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm just tired of the editorializing. And then I swear to God, he says, I mean, we had Walter Cronkite. I about came, I about flew out of the room. Like I came out of my chair. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew y'all were all sitting around wishing for Walter Cronkite. Like this one source we can all trust. It's the facts, even though spoiler alert, totally not what was going on with Walter Cronkite in the Vietnam war. Cause that's just, you know, a total example of transparency and trust. But it was just so, it just confirmed for me this idea that like, you cannot, and I think so often people treat, particularly like Fox News, like it's Walter Cronkite. I'm not saying never read Fox News or watch Fox News. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, take it with a grain of salt, yo. Well, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And then you can't get mad at the sources for being what they yes. are. Yes. I think yes. that's the great thing. I love this example from Emily because I'm not I don't have any fight with National Enquirer. I yeah. expect it to be wrong sometimes. I expect it to be right sometimes. I expect it to be entertaining. I'm not mad Actually, at it. Actually, I lied. I think their role in the Bill Cosby thing was sort of atrocious, but otherwise I take your point. Stay with me here. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think that one of the things that we have to do in order to move forward in this era where, as Emily said, there's all kinds of stuff out there is just recognize that there's all kinds of stuff out there and we don't have to get angry about what it is. And when we do get angry, we can still forgive. This is the thing about I've been thinking so much about restoring institutional trust, and I know that I keep harping on that and bringing it up, too. But I think part of what we have to recognize, and I know that this is not a baby boomer trait for sure, our institutions can be good and still get things wrong. Mm. And we all kind of together own those institutions, right? This I wrote this post for our blog today and said, you know, democracy is a fire that we're all responsible for attending and there are going to be problems with it. And I don't know at what point we all decided that things are just happening for us instead of happening because we are creating them. But I think that's the turn that we have to make coming out of this. Will our election results be credible? Well, yes, if we decide that they will be. You know, we we have to just say that they are. We have to trust each other and our systems in part because trusting is an end into itself, right? To preserve what we have here, we have to keep having faith in it. So this is what I wanted to kind of circle back around to this wonderful email that we got from a listener. I won't mention her name because of her profession, but she sent us this wonderful quote about how reconciliation requires stretching the moral imagination, which is my new favorite phrase. Um, and I think that that's a lot of what we have to do. So if you're a person who 
thinks that Hillary Clinton is the devil, as Sarah said the other day. Can you stretch your moral imagination and say, and she is now our president and the American people chose that. And I support my president because as an American supporting my president is part of my responsibility. Same thing if it's Donald Trump. You know, I don't like anything that Donald Trump has said for the past 18 months, not one thing. But if Donald Trump is my president, I'm going to support my president because that's part of my job as an American. That doesn't mean I can't disagree. That doesn't mean that I can't hold that person accountable or ask questions. But this idea that we all think the world's going to end on Tuesday unless what we think is best comes to fruition, I think we need to put that behind us. Well, and listen, I think that, um, I, again, not sure if I've actually talked about this or just repeated myself to other people so often. I think I've said it on the podcast, but there's this great author named Byron Katie, and she has this thing called, I think, The Method. And you say, is it true? And then you ask it again, is it really true? And then one of the questions is, who would I be without this thought process? Like, who would I be without this thought? And so, you know, with so much of this, I think about this with Hillary, like with some people, like who, who, who would you be if you, if she wasn't a criminal, right? If you had abandoned, if you abandoned this sort of thought process and thought like, how would that feel? Who would, who would you be? What would your life look like? If maybe even the people who like her were like half right. And the same with Donald Trump, like, and it's really not that hard. Even you don't even have to think about him as president. Like that whole thing. I was realizing this today, like, Oh, I'm loath to defend this man, but the whole thing with Obama defending the protester and then Trump lying and saying he was yelling at the guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. If you watch, like, I can defend Donald Trump. Like, I can see where he's coming from. I get bet you money he only watched the first part of that where Donald, where Obama was getting frustrated and was yelling at the people, yelling at the protesters to calm down. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Yeah, like there's a substantial part of the video where he's literally going, hold up, hold up, like re- sort of getting like mad because I, I made a joke like he was probably like, or y'all forgot, like I'm still commander in chief when I told you to hold up and stop yelling. I mean it. I mean, he had to do it for a few minutes. And I thought maybe that I'm sure that's just what Trump saw, like didn't watch through to the end. And that's, you know, I was like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And it's like much less frustrating in a way, right? If I just say he doesn't have all the information or if I think about, a, you know, five or 10 ways that the ex- explanation is that he's a monster who lies all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like it is a little bit easier and the world seems a little less stark and, you know, everything seems a little less dire when you just give a little bit breathing room and think, wait, is that actually true? Is it really true? Who would I be if it wasn't true? What would this situation be like if that wasn't exactly like I thought it was? Earth Breeze Eco Sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra concentrated, liquidless laundry detergent. It's the best of all worlds. Earth Breeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and your skin, so it's good for sensitive skin. It reduces plastic waste. All of these things are true and amazing, but let's get to the heart of it. Y'all know I have a laundry system. You know it revolves around training children as young as possible to do their own laundry. Earthbreeze sheets feels like they were invented for this. Because littles maybe sometimes struggle with those big, heavy jugs. Or maybe you worry about the pods, but here we go. Here we go, y'all. Earth Breeze Eco Sheets. It's like the perfect solution. A child as young as two can handle these sheets. And even with toddlers, like you can get them involved. And this is a way to get them helping with laundry even before they could do it themselves. Ugh. 
Gotta love it so much. Right now, our listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash pantsuit. That's earthbreeze.com slash pantsuit to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash pantsuit. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. We do quite a bit of hosting here at the Silvers household, and I think there is nothing that completes a table for dinner. Like a beautiful loaf of bread and wild grain has made that so simple because they send gorgeous loaves of sourdough bread. Lots of spins on the ingredients, but always just this fantastic, high quality, easy to bake in 25 minutes or less from frozen bread that turns out perfectly every single time. I also have to tell you about the free croissants for life that come with your wild grain orders. And those croissants make the morning, your brunch, maybe your late night snack, flaky and like you're sitting in a French cafe and they're just perfect every single time. That's what I love about Wild Grain. It's easy, it's consistent, it's fully customizable. It is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit, or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. I love that you brought Byron Katie into this partially because I love her and, and also because I think that's such a good example of how we've wrapped way too much of ourselves up into Mm -hmm. sort of whether we're D's or R's and I mean, a helpful, although painful thing in this cycle for people like me who don't really have a candidate this time, like I can say, who would I be without that Republican label? Mm-hmm. And it's fine. The world doesn't end, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that if we can do more of that, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this anyway. We really are. Yeah. But I, but we have some work to do, and I think that a lot of that work would be emotionally healthy work anyway, and a lot of that work really doesn't have anything to do with politics. Yeah. So speaking of that, Jill Filipovic, am I saying her name right? Mm-hmm, I think has so. Has an essay in the New York Times entitled "The Men Feminism Left Behind," and it's, not surprisingly, we received several copies of it today. <laughs> it's also ten times a ki- ten kinds of killer. It's so good. So I want to read kind of a long excerpt and then ask for your reaction, Sarah. 
Young women are soaring, in large part because we are coming of age in a kind of feminist sweet spot, still exhibiting many traditional feminine behaviors, being polite, cultivating meaningful connections, listening and communicating effectively, and finding that those same qualities work to our benefit in the classroom and workplace, opening up more opportunities for us to excel. And while we do find ourselves walking the tightrope between being perceived as a nice bimbo or a competent bitch, there are more ways to be a woman than ever before. It's no longer unusual to meet a female lawyer or engineer. No one bats an eye if we cut our hair short, wear pants, pay with a credit card in our own name, win on the soccer field, or buy our own home. Men haven't gained nearly as much flexibility. The world has changed around them, but many have stayed stuck in the past. While women have steadily made their way into traditionally male domains, men have not crossed the other way. Men do more at home than they used to, but women still do much more. On an average day, 67% of men do some housework compared with 85% of women. Male identity remains tied up in dominance and earning potential. And when those things flag, it seems men either give up or get angry. This, perhaps more than anything else, explains the rise of Donald J. Trump. He promised struggling white men that they could have their identities back. Fire. It's so good. And it's so, I mean, I really liked her point about this set. This, I just thought it was such an interesting, uh, it amazes me how, you know, how just the small little the smallest little tweak can make you think completely different about things. And I just sort of hadn't, hadn't taken into account like, Oh, these qualities that, you know, that you learn when navigating the world as a female are also really beneficial qualities. (laughs) It reminds me actually of, um, an article I read about how poor people are more empathetic because they're in service roles and where it's beneficial. You learn the skills to read other people's emotions and reactions. And I thought that was like such an interesting thing I hadn't really considered. And I think, I mean, I wrote an article, it's in HuffPo. It's on my blog about why, you know, why I raise my sons like daughters, because this to me is we really failed to open the world of femininity up to men in the way we have opened much of the masculine world up to women. Like, Exactly like she says, we don't bat an eye if women play sports, but let me tell you, people lose their shit if I paint my little boy's nails. And, you know, the world of emotions and consensus and communications and vulnerability and all this stuff, we had not done a great job of opening up that to, that up to men. And then particularly for older generations, I think it's just, it makes me so sad. Yeah, I think that we are quick to criticize Men, and particularly the kinds of men who've been featured as sort of the Trump supporter in this cycle, but it is an overwhelming amount of pressure that men face. And I think you made such a good point about how reporters love to go find, like, someone out in the country who is really struggling with poverty and talk about that person as the Trump supporter. But Mm -hmm. as this article points out as well, that is not the Trump supporter. Mm -hmm. You know, most Trump supporters are um, doing better than the average household economically. And I think that that really speaks to the pressure that a lot of men feel. And and they have that pressure not only of sort of dominance and earning potential, as Jill Filipovic puts it, but also the pressure of um, having those things in a world that doesn't quite line up with the way they used to attain them. Mm -hmm. So. I, I, again, think this is just 
a whole lot of work to do post-election that really isn't political at all. No. Well, and my favorite thing, one of my favorite feminist quotes is Bell Hooks, and she talks about, and it was there was a really good hidden brain where I, to, I, to, I think I shared this, that Carol Mosley Braun talked about. She always thought race was one of the sort of her defining characteristic and the hardest thing to deal with in society until she became a female in power, and then she realized like gender really motivates so much. And Bell Hooks, one of my favorite quotes from her, is she says, it's easy to think differently about the people that will live live across town it's much harder to think differently across about the pe- person across the table from you every night at the at dinner and i think that it, gender is just it's so talk about a big ball of complexity that there's so much to piece apart you know it's just it's so hard it is hard and i think that it's going to be hard i mean i think as much progress as there is to be made by having the first woman in the Oval Office, I think it's going to be a really, really difficult four years. Yeah, I mean, I read, I never read Susan Faludi's backlash, but I'm thinking I'm going to go pull it out and take it again. It's not that you don't, it's not worth it, you know, yeah. but it's, there's going to be a whole lot to contend with. And I do think that it's going to take the form of a lot of our, personal and sort of professional endeavors because we're all processing all this information and a lot of it at an unconscious level. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be really hard and that we're going to have to find a way to unpack it so that we don't wrap it all up in things that it's not really about. Well, and sneak peek, we're working on a project, a listener community project um, for after the election to deal with many of these issues. So y'all stay tuned for that as we as we move past election day. And stay tuned for our last of our seven straight days of podcasting episode on election day tomorrow. You can engage with us on Twitter at Pantsuit Politic without an S or Facebook at Pantsuit Politics. Send us an email. Check out PantsuitPoliticsShow.com. You'll find there the blog post that I referenced that is entitled There Will Be a Wednesday. And until we're back with you tomorrow, keep it nuanced, y'all. Bye.